Charger in. It's not charging my phone. Oh, there we go. Now it's 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 the. Oh fuck! This is annoying. It keeps detecting the charge and then not detecting the charge, so it just keeps going in and out. I think we'll make it. I swear you're the most boomer millennial I know. <coughs> yeah, I know. I thought I was. For real, <laughs> I was like, oh man, you know, I, whenever I'm around traps and technology, I feel a little bit better about myself. Good. That's what I'm here for, man. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, my Skype, my Skype might die halfway through the podcast, but whatever. We are live. Cool. We we've been live for about 35 seconds. How oh, is nice. uh, well, everybody's uh, Saturday morning? So one thing that you don't ever get used to, dude, like as a parent. You know, so let me give you a little bit of context here. Uh, Ashley sent a picture of me wearing this uh, stupid balayage. For those of you that don't What'd know what do? a balayage is, balayage is like a, it's a style of dying hair, basically. Um, uh, and so there was this like weird attachment that I, she got at a hair show that looked like a sombrero uh, or like a really big like frisbee. Uh, at this hair show, and she sent a picture of me to me of us at that hair show. It was like four years ago before we had the little ones, right? And she was like, those were the days. Uh, and then I was sitting there, you know, thinking, I'm sitting next to Ollie, he's eating a donut, and he's like, a donut, dada, a donut, didn't you, didn't you, you know? And I was like, nah, these are the days, you know? But as I'm like, you know, reaching into my son to give him a warm, loving embrace, you know, because that's what a, a loving and doting father does, you know? It shows his affection for his child to hugs and touches all right and uh you get a whiff of shit dude you don't ever get used to that like you don't you don't ever like get, you're never okay with wiping another human being's asshole oh god oh I man I, I i just remember like when Kyrie was little she uh went pee so i go to change her freaking diaper and as, as soon as i take it off i lift her legs up to wipe her butt and I just get done wiping her, and she literally shotgun diarrheas from my oh waist my all the God, way to my shoulder, no. dude. Like, just splatter painted me in a line, and I was like, <laughs> I just gagged a little bit, and I was like, oh, God. So I hurry up and threw a diaper on her and got that shirt off as quick as I could, but I was like, oh, no. Oh. That was that was probably, like, my one, like, that's the one I won't forget. <laughs> it's, it's not something you're ever, like, okay with, either. Like, no, no not a love ever gets, a, like, you're never, like volunteering to change the diaper right like it's never <laughs> like oh i get like, to wipe oh, don't worry baby i, I want to wipe the shit today <laughs> yeah i want to wipe his ass you know like I, there's just nothing by, and it just gets worse too it smells you know like could you imagine being a plumber you know like that's your job all day because you're just dealing with like well phil people said show. it was phil or not phil jeff oh, said it was like, a, there was a 20 percent chance of it was a maybe it was 40 percent he says either twenty or forty percent chance of poop at his job, like on a daily basis. That's so, so gross. Yeah, oh my god. It's oh. kind of gross. You want to hear a story? They pay well though. Well, yeah, let me sure. I do want to hear a story. Wait, 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 real quick before that story. Do we have a so we have a guest on this podcast? I, I don't. Who is he? So yeah, we do have a guest today. It's uh, one of my close friends. His name is Stephen Zalaji. You want to go ahead? Cool. And What's up, Stephen? Uh, how you doing? Good, man. Zlati. That, that's gotta it's, be Eastern it's, European. Salaji. Uh, it's Hungarian. Oh, that's uh, that, extremely Hungarian. Hungarian. There we go. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Well, welcome, dude. He's about the ugliest Hungarian I ever met. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> nice. <good. laughs> nice. <laughs> well, welcome to the Natural Soul Bros podcast. You know, uh, I'd like to get it started off with you know a little bit of shit talk, literal, um, and that's where this story comes in, guys. So. 
uh, Ray uh, comes over and tells me he's got he's, he's living in the trailer that I used to live in. You know. Yeah, I've never been there, but okay. Uh, lots of mice. <laughs> lots of mice every day. The pilot mice are like nice. I, you, know, you know, in the winter, you you have like a sixty percent chance of having to heat up your uh, living space with the oven. You know, so I'm definitely moved up in the world. Uh, but anyways, so he was having plumbing problems, right? So Jeff, Phil, whatever you want to call him, he is a plumber. So generally, if I have plumbing problems, or we have plumbing problems, we call Phil McCracken. And uh, Phil showed up to, so he was working on this uh, uh, pipe or whatever, like he was snaking it out because whenever Ray would start the washing machine, uh, just when it was about to finish, it would, like, come out the toilet, I guess. I don't know how something like that happens. Phil does. And uh, he was snaking it, dude, and, like, a, a gob of shit came out while he was snaking it. And he just looks up at Ray, totally nonchalantly. And I'm like, oh, yeah, a little bit just got in my mouth. Oh, my. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh totally, no! Totally okay. Like this is like this is normal. This is not out of the ordinary. Oh, oh yeah, that dude. I, that'd I, be instant throw up. Oh dude, I started gagging last night. I was like, oh. I actually think I might have to go fucking throw up right now, dude. I'm fucking disgusting. <laughs> that is so fucking gross. Oh my god. <laughs> it's it's just crazy, like what people. And this isn't to say anything bad. It's just like crazy. Like, I'm really sick of talking about shit. I did not sign up for this fucking podcast. <laughs> I, I was not prepared to discuss. No, I will I'm, discuss. Gonna, so I, I'm gonna divert. I'm gonna divert. Can we talk about genocide or something better than this? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I haven't watched a lot of Holocaust documentaries. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, something a little bit more, at least less disgusting. All right, so that, that, you know, to, 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 to divert, it's just like it's, Go ahead. Yeah, oh, yeah, you, you definitely have to deal with a decent amount of shit being a hunter. <laughs> well, I would say that, uh, like, it's just, like, crazy that, like, what people get conditioned to be okay with, you know? It's like, th and there's no universe where I'd be like, this is okay, like, dealing with human feces every day. Oh, yeah, well, and, you know, like, even, like, even, like, you said, like, he could tell you guys aren't hunters, but, like, I don't know, I'd rather deer deal with deer shit than human shit because I'm less likely to get sick from the deer shit than I am the human shit. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't even have that thought process when it comes to poop. <laughs> well, it's about it's about like how it's about like what kind of bacteria is in it, man. Because like that's what makes like poop so disgusting, and why we're so trained to like think it is so nasty from being such a young age is that like our feces carries the most bacteria in, in out of any bodily excrement. But it like and it's not the same across the board. Like some poop isn't as dangerous. Like dog poop. Like dogs. Like it's not that like like everyone always says that like dog's mouth is so clean. But it's just that the bacteria they carry generally doesn't affect us as human beings. That's why you never get sick from your dog licking you. You're actually more likely to get sick from your cat than your dog. Fuck you. <laughs> Brandon is a cat person. I'm. I'm. It explains I'm a lot. <laughs> it does. It explains. Yeah, it explains why I'm probably the smartest person here. You know. How's that? I've, I want to hear this logic. Well, I mean, hey, there's different cat, kinds of intellect, cat people, I guess. Yeah, cat people have higher IQs. I'll just leave it at that. But, yeah, uh, you know, well, I can I, say I, that. I, 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 I didn't make well, these dogs studies. Dogs are actually more intelligent than cats. Yeah, like, I had. I don't know if you get a, if, sure if you. But if you get a pug, 
I'm not pugs, sure, man. Pugs, pugs are kind of dumb. I love, I love pugs. Man. I, I no, do love dogs true. too. Don't get me wrong. I, I love, I love all animals. Var- varies from it varies from breed to breed all across the board. That's for damn sure. Oh yeah, and pugs sure. are retarded. Sure, man. <laughs> yeah, they are. But I, I, I love those dogs though. So I, I love like I, they're so fucking cute. How do you not love pugs? You know what I mean? <laughs> they just look like a dirty pile of khakis. I almost like oh. <laughs> it's like it's like oh look at you you're helpless like if you got yeah, it's like it's like one of those things like when you like you know, look at I a crippled person, person and you can't help but feel bad for him like that's how I feel about a pug <laughs> yeah like, no so I get that I feel that like I try to avoid eye contact with crippled people because then it's like oh, I, I feel I feel like I'm <laughs> they're like every cripple person that's ever met Josh. Like that guy has a really hard time making eye contact. They're like every time I talk to him, he is can't look guy, at me in the fucking is, face. Is that guy autistic? <laughs> yeah, they probably think Josh is retarded or something. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's kind of like my rule of thumb too. Well, I'm not to compare crippled people to like homeless people. You know what I mean? But like, just, I don't carry cash fun. with me. I don't. I don't carry cash with me, right? So like sometimes I have to stop for gas in the hood. You know what I mean? And then there's some homeless guy rifling around somewhere. You know, walking around like. He's, like, like wants to, I, you, got, you got five cents, you have a dollar, you know? And I don't have a dollar, dude. I fucking don't. Because I don't carry cash. And, uh, you know, I heard some, I I heard some of them guys are getting uh, card reader machines now. He's a oh, yeah. like card on my square. Hey, can you can you send this to my Bitcoin wallet, please? Here's my Bitcoin QR. Can can you deposit some <laughs> spare any spare any cryptocurrency? Fuck. Yeah, no, they're getting smart. No. He's like, man, if I can just get ten dollars worth of crypto every day, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get fucking like retire. To- <laughs> He'll have enough alcohol to last. You know, it was funny because like. When I was when I was working at um, American Freight, uh, one of our uh, managers, he was our district manager, was talking about how he went down to a tech one of the stores in Texas, and um, he said in Texas they have laws about being able to panhandle, and you just have to get a license, and you can literally panhandle almost anywhere. So he said that like he was at work, and the one dude clocks out, takes his shirt off, walks out, sits on the freaking sidewalk in front of the building, and starts shaking a fucking cup trying to get donations. Whoa. He's like, "Dude, you can't fucking do that. Get out of here!" And they were like, "Tim, you can't make him leave. He has a license to be here." And he's like, "What?" He's like, "He just clocked out, and he's sitting here panhandling our customers, oh, and that's legal." Wow. And he couldn't make him leave the premises <laughs> because the guy had a license. <laughs> Dude, there are some guys that made some like serious fucking cash. Just Dude, and it's like, yeah, it's fifty dollars for a year, and you have a panhandler's license, and you can literally panhandle anywhere that's public. Are, are you? Wait, where is this at? Years ago, that Texas. the average in Texas. <laughs> I heard some statistic years ago that the average homeless person makes forty thousand dollars a year, tax free. <laughs> That's wild. That's fucking wild, dude. That's like that's more than I make. Salary at my job is like thirty five thousand a year. You know when I started working at TQL, I uh, I was like that was the most money I've ever been like thirty five thousand a year salary. I was like holy shit, man! I'm gonna be rolling in the dough. I'm gonna be driving Lamborghinis and have a BMW and all this <laughs> shit, you know. And then I like get my first paycheck and I'm like, huh, that's my rent. 
there. Well, <laughs> it, well Josh, you didn't really luckily, have a good concept of money, huh? Yeah. Well, luckily, the transition from you to panhandling and acting homeless is actually going to be really easy. So, yeah, I already act like I'm a lot of my friends think that you're homeless when they meet you, and I have to yeah, explain. I'm like, no, he's all right, man. He's doing he's doing pretty good. Don't give him any money, man. You don't got you don't got to pay for that. He can afford it. <laughs> he, even though he looks homeless, he makes way more money than any of us yeah. here. It, it doesn't make any sense. He just looks like a bum. Back so don't, don't buy into it. I used to, I, I like I was making the kind of money I'm making now, and I. Uh, Pull, I would I would pull up to Mickey's like every day to bum a cigarette from whoever was outside. Oh my god! I went to uh, I went to Chicago once with my wife. It was like our went on our first date, and I was like so nice to all the homeless people. Everybody asked me for cigarettes, and I gave away all my cigarettes. And then by the end of the night, like I was like asking for all the I started asking the homeless people for cigarettes. I was outside on like uh, the Miracle Mile or whatever in uh, Chicago. Downtown Chicago at like Forever Twenty One or some bullshit, and uh, maybe it was Urban Outfitters, and uh, there was like some homeless guy just sitting there. You know what I mean? I'm broke now. I don't have any cigarettes left, um, and I wanted a fucking cigarette, man. So I walk up to this homeless guy and I ask him for a cigarette, and he looks at me plain as day and says, "Do I look like I have a fucking cigarette?" <laughs> I, was just like, I knew it. Like, Quite know, honestly, I that's gave, a response you should have got. I gave away all my cigarettes to the homeless people in Chicago. I figured the least they could do is return a favor. Fuck, dude. He's like, he's like the, whole, the homeless association denies your request for his cigarette at this time. When I was in uh, elementary school, I remember reading a news article. It would have been cool is seeing him consult that committee. Yeah, that would have been cool. The Council of Bums has officially rejected your request for a cigarette. Yeah. Trial adjourned. You gotta make a reservation on Yelp or some shit. You know? It's the seven bums of old. Oh my god. So when I was, uh, in elementary, when I was in elementary school, I read an article. And on the front, I was on the front page was this homeless guy in New York City who had a cell phone, like a really nice cell phone on his, uh, on his uh, belt line or whatever. Uh, and it, like the, start, the cover was like, not everybody asking for money is actually needs the money, right? And uh, he, what the fuck? Um, this guy was making $120,000 a year in New York City just panhandling. He lived in, he had like a yeah. nice apartment on the Upper East Side. Sure. And he'd just wake up and dress like a bum and then just go like panhandle like near the stock exchange, you know, where people have money <laughs> and shit like that. that. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking wild. Yeah. I'm, re I'm reading wild, something man. here, so I got something pulled up um, about a couple different studies. So, in a study of Toronto panhandlers conducted by uh, Robert Bose and Stephen Huang, panhandlers reported a median monthly income equivalent to. Uh, U.S. Uh, one hundred ninety dollars to two hundred dollars. Um, the authors. Let's see. A day or monthly? Uh, that's that just said a month. That's two hundred dollars a month. What? I, I uh, that's bullshit. bullshit. That's on. bullshit, but, dude. But over here now it says two fifty a day, so about three hundred a day on the high end. So I don't know where, where this fucking that's study's coming from. That's almost a hundred thousand dollars a year. No, okay. Hold up. That is a hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah. No, I mean that's 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 coming close to it right there. I was just thinking about like See? you know all that all that you know I, I applaud them you know getting all that tax free money that's not going to the government 
They found a way around the system. Yeah, yeah. That, that literally is like 105000 a year. I thought about starting a company. So we should start, when we start a company, we shouldn't pay ourselves a salary. We should pay ourselves a stipend. Because you can get a stipend tax free, and we'll just like it's just be like, oh hey, hey, you know, when we're like doing really well, like okay, we're just gonna give ourselves a million dollar stipend, and that's just like what we have to live mm-hmm. on, you know, a meager income to just like, you know, <laughs> you know it's like for travel expenses and, and other odds and ends. Yeah, I think that's. A and cool. we eat good here. Yeah, with stipends, you don't have to pay taxes on a stipend. I don't think. I didn't know that. That's probably how the five hundred one c threes because I used to work for. Uh, I mean, they paid everyone in stipends basically, and uh, they probably avoid paying a lot of taxes that stipends way. Stipends are still considered taxable income. <clears throat> did you just see uh, in other news? Did you just see that uh, Kentucky is trying to incentivize and attract uh, Bitcoin miners to their really? state by by writing a tax incentive on power consumption? Um, oh no, that's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, they're, they're giving tax breaks to the first state to give tax breaks to Bitcoin miners. So, um, well, they got to do something to bump their economy. Up. <laughs> yeah, Kentucky no, is struggling <laughs> for sure, dude. For sure, Kentucky is a beautiful state. It is. It's, it's just super very poor, though. It's very yeah. yeah it depends on yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, very yeah. poor, pretty much all over, except for like Lexington. Lexington's nice, and then sure. like around Cincinnati. Well, yeah, like the totally Cincinnati. you have more to the eye. Well, a lot of people living back in them hills are self-sustainable. Really don't care. I mean, that's true. Well, it's just you have like in 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 Kentucky. You know, it's just Kentucky is one of those states that if they didn't have half their health care subsidized and they didn't have their mail system subsidized, they wouldn't have either of those things. And their education is just relatively low, so they need they do need some economic stimulus. Uh, but it is a very beautiful place, and I'm not saying that there's not a lot of happy people there, or that there's self-sustaining people there. Natural Soul just, supports Kentucky. We love Kentucky. <laughs> we we, and love, we Kentucky. love homeless people. We just hope that they can do a little better economically. Yeah. We lo- everyone that we've talked about, we absolutely love. You know, and uh, they're all great. And, uh, yeah, we're actually I support, I support you giving money to homeless people. <laughs> and, and and paying for their Lamborghinis, yes, we, we support that. <laughs> yeah, if they don't have any kids, they get you know they, they, maybe they can't afford a Lamborghini, but they can definitely get like a Maserati. I'm always, I'm like, I'm one of those people like where I'm always kind of like, I'll I'll give like homeless people like food or something, but I I usually don't give homeless people money. But like I, yeah, if I I do, Nate, I'm with, I'm right with, yeah, I'm with you on that one for sure. If a dude's like, hey, buy me, buy me a cheeseburger, I got you, bro. I will buy you a cheeseburger. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna necessarily give you money, but I will, I will buy you some food. Generally, this is what happens. In South, I went to, I used to volunteer at the Hope Rescue Mission all the time uh, with my dad back when I was real young. And uh, one guy I actually ended up talking to is really into fishing, but he didn't have a fish pole. So, like two months later, I finally talked to my dad into letting me take him a fishing pole. And then, uh, and that was but that was probably the coolest thing I ever done for anybody. And then like, probably two years ago, I was in Elkhart, and there was a guy at, uh, oh, what was that, High Dive, um, and he was out there just just sitting and. Seemed like he didn't have a place to go. I saw him there a few days before. It kind of seemed like that's where he was staying. And uh, so I took him a fishing pole, and then I met him there a few days later and actually started teaching him how to fish. And that was probably one of the most heartwarming things I've ever done as far as helping them out. You teach a man to fish, you feed out. him for a lifetime, dude. Right. That's pretty cool. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So That's, that's really cool. Because now, now he's got some food. You taught him a life skill. And it wasn't even, like, <laughs> intentional in that respect. I was just out there fishing and had an extra rod. <laughs> sure, man. That's fucking cool, dude. But I'm I want to get shit. into hunting. I don't know. I've tried fishing. I'm just, like, not. 
fishing enough for fishing, I guess. Not, <laughs> I mean, it just depends on what depends, kind of fishing. Depends, I, want, exactly. I want a persistent just hit it on the head. Like, it one, depends. Like one year, I want a persistent uh, Josh. Josh, you gotta go with us uh, at some point because Steven's gonna take uh, take me steelhead fishing, and that's supposed to be I'm hopefully a more intense. To, hopefully, want <laughs> to start a guide service here soon. Um, oh, cool! That's exciting. But it really depends. It really depends on what fish you're going after. I mean, when I when I go after a steelhead, I don't call it fishing; I call it hunting. Um, they are the they are I best analogy I've come up with is steelhead are the white-tailed deer of the fish world. Only thing that would make that statement more true is a white-tailed deer could see like literally like a hawk. Um, they have most smell, scent, sight sensitive fish on the planet. Fastest swimming fish in fresh water. I've broken two rods this year already. I um, mean, it's like it's full contact combat fishing. I mean, holy shit! I pull yeah, my sleeve down, and Nate can already see how much I've been banged and scratched up from fishing them fish. Oh this yeah, year. Cha- chasing them up and down a river and climbing over logs. Creek, small creek. <laughs> where did you guys do that? Yeah, where where is this? Yeah. Well, and the St. Joe River is actually the fishing for 15, 20 pound fish in a creek that you can damn near jump across at some points. Yeah. Well, and the, and the St. Joe River here in northern Indiana is like the the best place in the world to fish for steelhead one of one of the number one steelhead uh rivers in the country um oh no shit so steelhead aren't actually original steelhead aren't actually originally from, from around here um they're from out west uh and the rainbow trout's actually not from the u.s at all uh it's from europe um and so a steelhead is a sea run rainbow trout um there's a few different species there's skamani out of the skamani river in washington um, but they were introduced here to the Great Lakes, and the Lake Michigan population of steelhead is the largest population of steelhead anywhere else in the world. Um, we have more steelhead anglers in this concentration of area than anywhere else in the world. Oh, no. No. Uh, producers of steelhead than anywhere else in the world. That's fucking wild, and dude. They're I just extremely fun fish. Well, and you, like, you know how like a salmon swims up river, lays its spawn, and dies? A steelhead will literally swim up river, lay its spawn, and then swim back down river. And do that three, and four, five years in a row. They're like the Chuck Norris of, of fucking fish. That's crazy. Exactly. Dude. Yeah. That's quite exactly. Wild. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, when I I went and visited Stephen after uh, him and his mentor Dan, who came up here to visit him, uh, they went and they ended up getting. Well, your dad ended up getting a fish, right? Yeah, my dad ended up. He's my dad's up to. So give you an idea of how hard they are to catch. My dad, who's retired, just happens to be able to go when he wants. He's also had a lifetime of fishing and uh, an experience. And he's had about, I think, 15 fish this year. And I met two. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so that was probably like, what, like a 9, 10-pound fish that, that you guys was, had? Yeah, about 10 pounds. Did you ever do any they, deep sea fishing? Oh man, that was so good. Uh, I've not done any deep sea fishing. I've done some surf fishing uh, off uh, off the beaches in North Carolina, and the Outer Banks, um, and then down off uh, Sebastian Inlet, Florida. But no, I haven't been out on any deep sea boats. Can't My mom that. likes to do that. She <laughs> likes to go uh, like fishing for marlin and shit like that. I don't know. My mom is an interesting right. person because yeah, I don't she know. Is. I can never tell like. I can't tell the difference between she, when she's full of shit and when she's actually telling, like, like, <laughs> like, 
you know, or not not full of shit, you know. So, but right. she's got all these pictures of her like deep sea fishing in the Gulf of Mexico with her customers in South and Central America, and like catching like I don't know that she's ever caught a marlin because those are pretty violent fish. Uh, but I know that she's caught some big fish out there, and uh, I don't know that, that that seems like something that'd be cool. My goal is like you know after I run across Michigan this year. Uh, like maybe like next year, like I'll just like go to Montana or something like that, and then just like persistence hunt an elk, you know, just like run after it and you know, have you, kill it with my. Have parents. you ever done that? <laughs> no. I've never done that. I've never done that. But I feel like it'd be really cool, and I could probably I could run for you know twenty four hours down. Uh, I could run for twenty four hours after something through know? the woods. Through the woods, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see Ooh. some fucking videos. That'd be fucking great. <laughs> running after elk. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, I'll have a, I'll have a, I'll what does have to get one of those like really expensive drones and put it in follow me mode? <laughs> and have Josh carry the phone yeah. and then it's gonna follow him through the woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, like we just like with a buck knife. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just have to like, run it, like until it just can't run anymore, and then I'll just be like, it's okay, sweetie. And then, God. Do, do I video me uh, killing the elk? I don't, I don't want to watch that video <clears throat> uh, personally. But we could just like skip me killing the elk and then just show me dressing it. Even if, <laughs> you have no you idea. You don't even know how, how to dress an elk. You have no idea how hilarious that is coming from the hunter's perspective. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious! It's, it's hilarious how either way. Extremely hopeless that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you would underestimate how fast an elk Don't is. crush his dreams, <laughs> Steven. Come on, man. Or... And you get too close to it, and it's just going to maul you. Right. <laughs> I know. I can't wait to see that video. See, what kind of elk are you going after? Are you going after a cow, or are you going after a bull? Because well, if you're going after a bull, you've got one buck knife, and he's got like, he's probably got 12 altogether, and they're all like 16, 18 inches long, some of them 20 <laughs> inches long. And they're gonna all stab you sharp like... spears on top of his head. I'll have a and there's like, like 1,500 like pounds behind that. He gets killed well, by that. I mean, that'd be awesome. That's a great way to die. Later, but, you know. I would say probably a cow, probably a cow. I'd probably go after a cow. You know, just because. Yeah, that'd be, be smart. Intelligent. More but she's still gonna cut you up with her hooves. And don't go after if she's got fawn because you're really screwed. I'll just go after a fawn. There's your answer. That's the best answer I've heard so far. It's the only way you're going to succeed. You know, this is how dreams die. Even grizzlies really don't go after full grown elk, they usually go after calves. Oh, I'll just go after a grizzly bear. Fuck it, Josh. It, you just be like Leonardo DiCaprio. Unless you're a Wolverine and you just don't give no fuck, and then you'll take on a whole elk by yourself. Yeah, sure. I'll go after. <laughs> go after a honey badger. Josh hunts a honey badger. Well, <laughs> oh, dude, I've seen a, I've seen a straight video of uh, a Wolverine taking down a reindeer all by itself, like. And the reindeer is like thrashing around. He throws him off a couple times, and that Wolverine just doesn't stop, and he's like hanging from his neck, just dragging him down to the ground, and like. There's nothing that out can do about him. He's hanging from his neck. Yeah. He's like literally Latched attached on. to his face. <laughs> just totally tearing apart. And you've got 20 razor sharp claws just tearing him apart. Where the, the fuck are Wolverines at? Where, where, where are they indigenous yeah, well, to? Well, oh, you're North America. You'll find them in North Michigan. They're in Michigan. They're in Michigan, brother. What? Are they really? Because oh, yeah, no, there's been no sightings of Wolverines in, in, in Michigan. 
I that's know bullshit. There's been, four tra- there's been four reported trail camera pictures of them in the last like Holy ten years. They're not ex- they're not very common, but they do they do live in northern Michigan, and you'll find them in Canada, and like you can find them in I believe in the UP in parts of northern like Montana too, right? They also they also just admitted that mountain lions were a species were a recognized species in Michigan again. I'm looking this up. Wolverines population. I didn't even know that about the mountain lions. I knew that wolverines were found in Michigan, but that's kind of cool. Well, this oh, site. No, uh, that's just popping up. Apparently, there's a, a city called Wolverine, Michigan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, no, yeah. <laughs> that place is fucked. I mean, it's like most. Damn, it does look pretty decrepit. It's got a population of 200 people. Let's see here. I'm looking at a map on Wikipedia, and it shows that Wolverines do not live in Michigan. Huh. Right. Yeah, this so guy's currently, there are no. They're not. A, they're not a recognized species anymore, but they've they've had sightings that have been oh, on. You gotta, you'd probably have to find a news clip. Well, whether the go. DNR wants to accept them as a species or not yet, is one thing. <coughs> but, but they, the the thing about the mountain lions, the department, uh, well, the DNR of Michigan actually posted at the beginning of this year, uh, earlier this month, that while you've likely never seen one, uh, there are mountain lions and cougars in Michigan. I, I know there's cougars, brother. I can tell you that much. You were running with one of them recently, huh? You want to tell that story on a recorded line now? No? What? What story? About your nice lady. You're no, running there's with not the cougar. There's, there's not much of a story there. No, no you don't kiss and tell. Are you going to see her again? Um, no. I'm, gonna, I'm going, I'm going uh, with the 30s now. I'm, I think I'm kind of over the 40s, and I'm going to start <laughs> looking for women in their 30s. I think that's, that's the sweet spot right there. It's a safe bet, man. Yeah, you know, like a little bit more in common, um, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good starting point, so we'll see. But, uh, still got her yeah. shit together. Still a full-grown woman. You just you for know, sure. There's not as much of an age gap, so you can relate yeah. a little better. Exactly, dude. Exactly. It makes more sense. At it this makes point. it's just so much easier to relate to people like around your age group. You know what I mean? Just because yeah. like I have a real hard time connecting with like like the, we got some young cats that started at work and they're like 22, 23. And it's like, you just, you just don't know shit yet, you know? I think, like, it's, yeah, especially, like, I don't know, when I was 21, I was like, oh, man, now I can get along with so many people that are adults, like, all the way into their 30s, and, like, I realize now, as I'm getting more towards my mid-20s, like, I'm already thinking that people in their early 20s, there's, like, a 50% chance that they're just gonna annoy the crap out of me. Fucking Zoomers! Like, dude, like, I, I feel like... Yeah, by the time I'm 30, I'm going to be like, you fucking 21-year-olds, goddamn. Yeah, yeah, dude, you don't know shit. You don't know Right. Like, like, you're you're still only half a person. I'm, still, I'm like not even 100% sure you know how to color inside the lines and understand that paste is not food. <laughs> right? What's well, like Joe Rogan talking about like signing up for the military at 18. He's like, man, at 18, he's like, you're still learning how to fucking talk. How can you sign your life away to the fucking military? Yeah. He's like, you're you're half a fucking person at 18. I come from a military family. My dad was a major in first tanks in uh, the Marines. My oh, wow. godfather was a lieutenant colonel in Marine intelligence. Did like tours in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. Iraq. Uh, Nova Scotia, like a bunch of different places, you know what I mean? All over Eastern Europe, um, doing shit. And uh, my uncle was in the Marines, my mom was in a, was a Marine, you know. And it's just like crazy too. It's like in the nineties, like it's like it was so like. If so your mom was a Marine, how could you doubt any of the things uh, that she's done? <laughs> you, would never, you would never guess that my mom was a Marine. Your mom was a Marine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Wow. She's not, We're a strong, independent woman. Not like my... Yeah, she's uh, just a different kind of Marine. I don't know. Um, but my, where's my dad? Sorry right to interrupt, but... No, no, it's all good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if you met my mom, you'd understand what I'm saying. I love my mom, and she's a... Both your parents are Marines? Woman. Yeah. And, oh, my uh, God, bro. Dude, so it's, it's in the 90s. It was like, crazy, oh, dude, dude, like, join the military to defend... Josh has no discipline. That's like, Josh, that's why I think like, it's, it's so funny to know, like, Josh as a person, and then to hear all the stuff fuck? about his family. Like, his sister's going to be <laughs> running for freaking political office in New York and is, like, a computer programmer who makes... Harvard graduate. Of money. Right, like, Harvard graduate. His, his brother's got, like, a doctorate in ethics. Then <laughs> 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 you have Josh. Like, how does this happen? No, you're crushing it. No, but we're just crushing your balls. It's just funny. It's just, it's just funny to see like the contrast, right? Yeah, there's a huge <laughs> contrast. Like you're you're very you're a very different person, and you're a beautiful. Know, it person. sounds like a <laughs> couple. It sounds like a family of savages that. One, everybody just went their own way. Yeah. Well, everybody like, just went you know, one I, way to the extreme. Seriously. You know, it's just, it, all, of, all, of, that way. all of Josh's so. family just seems relatively well-to-do, and, like, knowing that Josh could, like, go to the hood and fit in on somebody's stoop smoking crack with somebody. I'd go to the projects with, like, no shoes, no shirt, shirt bottle, like, you know, and with an open bottle of wine, like, walking around, like, just like, what's, what's up, what's happening? And everybody would be like, what's up, man? I was like, oh, man, tripping balls, dude. And they'd freak out. They were scared of you. They're like, oh, I ain't gonna, you have a good day, sir. But see, there's the difference. You have an advantage over all these people and the fact that I doubt all the rest of your family can actually do that, but I'm sure that you can walk in all their circles just fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. My sister's just you get some looks. I generally don't really care. Like, I'm not, I don't eat very clean, you know, like I'll, eat, I'll, be, at, I'll be at a fancy restaurant and eat all the food with my hands. <laughs> and I just I was trying to explain to Steven who Josh was as a person and I'm like Josh is the type of person that would show up to like Ruth Chris or something in a pair yeah. of fucking holy shorts yeah. and a tie-dye yeah. shirt and eat everything with his fucking hands <laughs> but drop $700 on dinner <laughs> exactly exactly I pay uh, I, I, uh, I, wear, I have this pair of khakis that I bought like three years ago that like like maybe a week after I got him the zipper got a hole in it, right? I didn't return the pants. I've been wearing. I still wear those pants. <laughs> now uh, th there's not just a hole in the zipper like right beneath the crotch too. There's like a ripped spot in it, and I didn't feel like looking for other pants like two mornings this week. So I was just like, I like look down driving to work, and I'm like, oh, that's my cock. <laughs> I guess I just have to sit at my desk all day. <laughs> I thought about stopping at Meyer and I was like, nah, that's too complicated, man. Fuck it. You know what I mean? And everybody gives me a hard time, you know. They're like, like you look like a fucking bump, dude. Like I drive this beat up car to work. I'm wearing pants with holes in them. And they're all like, they're like, you make three hundred thousand dollars a year. You can't like you can't go get some fucking pants and I'm like, ah like, you know <laughs> And then and then on the way home I'll be wearing these holy pants and I'll stop at the wine store and buy a hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I think 
that would be the best way. Not to like be a bragger or anything, but I'm saying, I think that would be the best way to describe me as a person. It's like like I'm like this mix of bougie and trash. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly. I love you, man. It's not too far off from me, brother. Yeah, I feel. I, we all feel that. We can all relate to that. And you know, on some <laughs> spiritual level, you know. I'm like a coach purse from Goodwill. Like a Goodwill shop, like the dumpster. Before it's been brought into the store. Yeah, 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 exactly. Donation bin outside of Martin's. You know. Uh, I don't even like left at the Dropbox. Just some homeless person left it on the curb there. I uh, like that. I like that about me, though. I like that I can. Like, I do too. I, I'm very comfortable with who I am. As a I know, dude. I fucking love it. I fucking love you. <laughs> I, I love how comfortable you are with yourself, and it's it's taught me a lot. And it's, it's taught me to learn to be more comfortable with myself too, and not take things so seriously. That's the sure. most important That's thing, though. It's like it's like at the end of the day, yeah, like you have to yep. live with you. Nobody else does, mm-hmm. right? You know. So yeah, like, man. Like well, that's like, one thing. Like I've always like. I've really respected you since I first have come to like since we first met like because I wasn't 100% sure to feel how to feel about you because you're like you're one of those people that I feel like you have to you have like it takes a second like you have to get to know Josh before you can really have an opinion on him because I was like man this guy seems like he's kind of a fucking asshole <laughs> and now that I've known you for a while like you're you're one of the nicest people I've ever met it's just like I I can really respect that, like, you, you don't have any shame. And I never have to, like, decipher what you're saying or wonder if you mean something different than what you say because you're just so brazen. And it's, like, I don't you know. Don't like I said, I really respect that. These parts. Right. And, jo- and Jaslyn's like, man, you're really you're really harsh with Josh sometimes. I was like, that's just, I'm just <laughs> very upfront with him. Like, like it's, <laughs> that's just the way we communicate. Like, <laughs> that's how I talk to my friends. You know what I mean. Yeah. I say some pretty ruthless, vicious shit to like some of my like. Some oh yeah, of my you, best you, friends. yeah, you definitely do. It's it's funny. It's really. God, uh, you should hilarious. hear some of the shit I say to Ray. Like I. You know, <laughs> oh, I have yeah, Ray. It's, fu- <laughs> it's fucked. I, I some of the shit, man. So, so, <laughs> poor Ray, Ray gets abused me, by Josh. No, but meeting Ray. Ray knows how to dish it right. Ray will bust Josh's balls so fucking bad, like oh, like worse than I've ever seen anyone bust balls. Like Ray knows how to fucking get under Josh's skin. It's the funniest shit ever, dude. He knows exactly what to deliver right it, back. I can take it though. I'm like yeah. pretty good about it. You know what I mean? No, it's you like, are. You guys are. You guys are great. It's it's. I fucking love that relationship. I miss Ray, dude. We we, we got to get him on this podcast again. The guy's so fucking funny too. He's hilarious, but he doesn't give you any context to what he's saying. Like he'll just like say something and it won't make any sense, and then you'll be like the fuck does this have to do with this, Ray? And then he'll explain it, and you'll be like, oh, I guess that is pertinent if you gave us this whole backstory that you left out before you <coughs> said all that. But you know, <laughs> it's never like, it, you're never satisfied either. because it's, Oh, it's I call it the vortex. It's going down the Raymundo vortex. Like, you, you open up the door to like, you're like, okay. And he's like, oh, he's like, let me tell you a story, bud. And you're like, fuck, okay, dude. And it's like 30 minutes in, and, and then at this point, he's just trolling you. Like he sees that you're getting annoyed, and you know, and, and now Ray's like, "Fuck the story! I'm gonna just piss him off, and I'm gonna keep going." And and then it kind of is funny, but the story, yeah, but it still like, has no point. It has absolutely no fucking point you're at this point. Gonna, you're not gonna be a better person for having heard the story. Yeah, you didn't gain any insight. Yeah, it's not the natural sole mission of making it easier to live a better life. Like it, it'll like, definitely make it more difficult to live to live a good life after. He'll get to the end of it, and you're just like. 
wait, that's the end? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of yeah. like a story yeah, that's about it. the weather yeah. in Russia. <laughs> that's pretty much I mean? it. It's like, oh, that's cool, man. Like, it doesn't <laughs> do anything for me to know that it's 32 degrees in Treblinka right now, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that's cool. Thanks, bud. Thank you for taking 30 minutes. It's the best made-up fucking city or country I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, actually, so Treblinka is actually, uh, I, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, you even know what the fuck it is, Josh? It's a concentration camp. It's a concentration camp. I didn't know that. It was an extermination (laughs) camp. Wow, I'm so glad someone brought up, like, hey, Josh, what is that? It ended up being a concentration camp. Well, Well, you know, we started this podcast with genocide, and we we kind of made a full circle back to it, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of in-betweens. Well, I've been watching this documentary. That's why everything about, else works. I've been watching this documentary about John Demyanyuk, who was like accused. Of oh yeah, I watched Ivan that. The, Ivan the Terrible. I watched that. This shit was fucking crazy. Yeah. Fucking wild, dude. I, yeah, yeah, that shit. It, it makes me so sad that people would do shit like that. Too. It's like going back to the military. It's like the idea of an eighteen-year-old child. Like I get like real emotional like when I watch like mm-hmm. war movies. It's like we go die, you know, for yeah. some rich old man's. You know, ego. I like, mm-hmm. oh, that's what terrifies me about the military. You know, like I would if they if they if they, if they drafted, I'd fucking dodge that shit, bro. I'm not going to mm-hmm. die for something I don't believe in. Yeah, you know. Sure. Oh yeah. Well, you know, I have a lot of respect for people that are in the military, but oh, that man, was kind of like, you know, like I I couldn't do it at this point because I don't agree with a lot of the conflicts that we're in sure. and I don't want to die sure. in a war over some money or oil that yeah, we that's probably shouldn't even be involved in in the first fucking place. A hundred percent. That's why I didn't do it. They basically attract all these people with money, you know what I mean? Like, they don't give you, like, uh, uh, it, it, you know, in the 80s and 90s it's like fight the Red Scourge, you know, defend your homeland, you know, now it's right. like they can't really, you know, peg on that message anymore. They gotta be like, hey, well, hey, you a ten thousand dollars signing bonus, you know, then, you know, then free, and, and free sees. school, and then school's kind of like a, another whole scam. So it's like, cool, I got this schooling to go do, and you know, it's just, it's, it's a. It's you guys ever, scheme. you guys ever watched, uh, you guys ever watched Vet TV? Watch what? I do not. Watch what? No, can't say I have. That's watch what? Vet TV. <laughs> Vet TV. Is that like a is like like is that like veteran TV? No, it's like uh, a lot of the guys with uh, Black Rifle Coffee were involved <coughs> in it. Um, uh, a lot of them guys, but it's mainly it's a veterans comedy made for veterans by veterans. Ah, so no, it I can't say that. really, uh, it, it's something that really gave gave me a bet a more closer perspective to. Uh, a lot of the people in the military think a lot of the guys that come out and the way they deal with things and what they went through a little more realistically than a uh, than a recruiting commercial might give, <laughs> give sure. the average person. Oh yeah. Um, or even a lot of ways, even family members might not give you that aspect because it is a dark, comedic place that a lot of vets don't like to share. Well, unless they're with other vets, because you get you get people that were in the military together. And there's not a whole lot of other people around. You start getting some dark humor, man. Right. I tell you it's what, not ma- <laughs> it, this, this show's not made for a civilian. This is, show's made for vets to watch. So it's got that dark, twisted humor that and uh, mindset that uh, a lot of people don't. A lot of vets, especially, don't like to share. 
I think sure. that I got a, a unique perspective growing up. You know what I mean? Because I grew up on base housing until I was about ten. For sure. Old. And my uh, so my For dad sure. would take me into the like I was I've been inside an M1 Abrams and gone to like target practice with them because my dad was a tank commander, and uh, like just like how hard and grizzled the Marine culture was, you know. Um, but that yeah. being said, when I was 18 years old, I fresh out of like I was went to my first year of college, kind of fucked that up. You know, because I went to college, I was one of those people who was like, okay, cool, I get to reinvent myself, you know what I mean? I get to become a different person, you know? And then I reinvented myself into an asshole, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and not even like an asshole, like a jerk, you know what I mean? Just like sure. a dumbass, like a fucking... Like, <laughs> like, like, uh, and uh, so I go there, I don't. I was, went there for wrestling, I didn't end up even ever competing in wrestling, I started uh, uh, smoking weed and not going to class. I sold all my books and bought weed with them. And then I uh, got really stoned one day and I was like playing with a lighter on the bulletin board and I like sent some pieces of paper and then they kicked me off the campus. Then I, I didn't go back to school. I was like, all right, well, actually, I ran for class president, and then I won class president. I, I would, like, knock on everybody's door to get them to vote for me. I bought posters of, like, puppies with an American flag wrapped around them and shit like that. I mean, That's so cute. That's <laughs> um, so fucking cute. And um, I, got, manipulated I, got, me. I got recalled. <laughs> I got recalled. Because somebody recorded me saying some shit. I was talking some shit. And it, didn't, it was bad. It turned into something. You got canceled? I did get canceled. I got you canceled got canceled before. before people were getting canceled. I did. Josh was the original person. <laughs> I was. I was the original canceled. He was the first one to ever get canceled. That's a fact. And then, uh, so after college, though, I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess I'll join the Marines. Fuck it. You know? Uh, and my dad was like, don't. Don't do it. My dad was in the Marines for 15 fucking years. And he's like, nah, nah, bro. Don't do that. You don't want to do that. You don't want to be a grunt. Being a grunt sucks. Because he, see, my dad did it the, the, a different kind of way. My dad went to college first, and then after he graduated college, he was living on my grandpa's couch. Uh, and he was like, you got to get a job or join the Marines or join the military or some shit like that. Right. You can't stay here for free anymore. And so he, like, joined the Marines. And then so he was a grunt for two years, and they asked him to be an officer because he had a college degree. You can't yep. be an officer unless you have a college degree, you know. Which is kind of right. fucked up. Right. But he did it the right, very he, but he did it the right <laughs> way. He got he got some perspective. He was enlisted first, then became an officer. Yeah, so I got a, right. I, I learned a lot from that because I didn't have like you can see the difference. My godfather was a lieutenant colonel in marine intelligence, and he was ROTC. So he never was an enlisted. Yeah. So he he never really understood what right. it was to be a grunt. So he was real proper. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, the grunts, you know, like, there's a difference between officer culture and grunt culture, you know what I mean? Like, oh, for sure. Like, definitely oh, yeah. a little bit more buttoned up, you know, and the grunts were, like, bonafide fucking well, savages. Well, you know, and, like, I've never, I never had a, like, I've never been involved with, like, the Marine Corps, but I know, like, in the, in the Army... Like you, you call uh, a a sergeant sir on accident. They're like, I work for my money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. So like, there's, there's like definitely this uh, resentment that grunts have for officers. You know what I mean? It's unspoken. You know, they used to tell this joke, right? At the Marine Corps ball that was like uh, about how the Marine Corps was like uh, the, like a hierarchy of monkeys, right? So. Uh, a bunch of monkeys in a tree, right? So, like, you got the grunts at the bottom and the officers at the top. 
And the you know when you have all these monkeys in this tree, you got the officers at the top looking down, and all they see are smiling faces giving them the salute, right? And then the people at the bottom, all they see are monkeys assholes. You know, <laughs> that's basically like the, the power structure of the Marine Corps and in the military overall, you know, whereas like when you get that perspective from and again, pretty goddamn from, accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, like the perspective that I gained from my father, you know, because he knew what it was like to be at both ends of the stick. You know what I mean? You know, like I didn't say like. Out of all the officers I met, it was usually the older ones that were really cool. And then you get the young guys who are like entry-level lieutenants who are trying to fucking swing their dicks around because they're an officer. And it's like, those are the guys I never wanted to deal with because they were just always assholes because they like had something to prove. It's like it's getting like, pulled over by a state trooper <laughs> on his first day. It's like female listed. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> you know, he's out to prove something. He thinks you've got a pound of cocaine in the trunk. And so what if you do? <laughs> he assumed that. <laughs> you didn't smell it. Get out of here. Yeah, get the fuck out of here, dude. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. There's a the chance that it here. might be true, you know. I'm very <laughs> Where's the search warrant? <laughs> I'm very fortunate that I've never been pulled over with anything like that, like crazy in my car. Once, so uh, I'm not sure. Maybe I should tell the story. So one time, <laughs> a, a friend of mine and another friend shit. of mine named uh, named Smash and Smash, you know, uh, went out to New York City to get some stuff from the East Coast mob and came back with all this shit in their trunk, right? So at two in the morning, about halfway back, I don't even know where we were, right? We needed to get off. We got off this exit ramp because we, uh, we needed to let the dog go to the bathroom and I had to pee too, right? It's pitch blackout. Turns out we get off at the wrong fucking exit, dude. They, I mean, they get off at the wrong fucking exit, dude. Um, and right, we're like right outside a federal penitentiary. Like, where we stop at a stop sign so the dog can go to the bathroom and I can get out of the car and pee, right? Like, straight up federal penitentiary. Like, a fucking, like, like that's, like, it, I don't know, I think this is in Ohio or Michigan. Uh, and a car pulls up behind us because they probably thought we were doing some shit outside this federal prison, you know? That was the scariest <laughs> moment of all life. We're, like, telling the dog to hurry up and get in the fucking car because... I mean, they are telling the dog to hurry up and get in the fucking car because they've got, you know, an ounce of cocaine, $20,000 in cash, uh, you know, a bunch, <laughs> a, a bunch of mo- a bunch of shit that you shouldn't, you don't want in your trunk when you're getting pulled over. So that, that's, right. uh, you know, and imagine catching a state trooper on his first day, man. Fuck you mean, dude. State troopers are the worst. Their whole job is just pulling people over. They're not doing anything cool. <laughs> right. Know? It's not fun, you know. We're trying to make yeah. it a habit to not get pulled over. I think I've been doing pretty good about that lately. Yeah, did you get uh, all your you license know, back? June 1st. <laughs> June 1st. I have to put together a resume for my lawyer What's... so you can show the guy. Saying, like, this is the guy that's, this is a nice guy. This is like a good guy guy, you know. Like, yeah, he has to write an essay on why he should get his license back. <laughs> no, I, no, I don't have to write an essay on why I should get my license back. I just get it back on June 1st. But I'm currently uh, fighting a charge of driving on a suspended. I beat it twice. No, While driving on a suspended. Yeah. I just got to beat it a third time. I think I got this. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully they see my license. And they're like, oh, his license is valid. Like, whatever, dude. He, well, didn't just... you get caught two times? Like, you were driving on a suspended, then it got, like, you got in trouble for... You, like, double drove on a suspended. 
Well, didn't okay, so you get, got, get in an, to an accident? I got in an accident. And, and smashed I, into some old lady? I did smash. It was, it was, it was, uh, yes, I did. She's all right, right? Yeah, I just... Yeah, it was she wasn't pregnant. John Jones on us now, did you? No, 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 no. We're all good. We're all good. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I got that. And then they dropped that. And then while I was getting that charge dropped and I was out on bond for that one, technically... <laughs> Uh, I got another one driving back at like two in the fucking morning because my light, my registration had expired like 30 days prior to that. Not even like t- two weeks. My li- the registration was expired and he pulled me over for that and was like, fuck, you know, that, so that was, but they didn't know about that because I hadn't been charged in the previous charge yet. You know? and then they oh my god! One. And then this one was in another county, so I'm gonna be oh a three my god. time to oh my. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get out of it three times. You hope you're gonna get out of it three times. Yeah, you're pretty yeah, confident. That I, definitely I, helps. If I don't, I don't. You know what I mean? Like they're gonna take. Jo- they're gonna put Josh in prison for a year, like some ridiculous shit. No. Hey. You gotta make an example hey. out of you. You know, at least you make enough money, you can pay a driver. I mean, I'll just drive. Fuck the government. <laughs> I got a job to do. Okay. If you just do this, people, they're going to leave you alone. You know, if you'd quit driving like such an asshole, yeah, you'd like pulled asshole, over. Yeah. I know, I know. I can't, I can't afford to drive like an asshole now. I'm the guy who drives 70 the whole way on the interstate. Do you so, really? Set it on cruise control, son. Wow. Okay. You know, I'm so very impressed. Yeah. I, I don't have a fucking choice, dude. <laughs> I'm not going to fucking jail. Fuck that noise. I was in jail one time for like five hours, and that was like the worst five hours of my life. It was horrible, dude. It's co- it's cold in there. It was on Cinco de Mayo like four years ago. It's not a good time. I, I'm happy that I've never been to jail. That's one thing I can I can say that I'm uh, I'm pretty happy about. Never we'll never spent any time inside of jail. Not four work. hours when I was eight. When you were eight. <laughs> when you were eight, you spent time in jail. What happened here, Stephen? We got to hear this. Four show. hours. Four hours till parent pickup. <laughs> What'd you do? Let's hear it. I broke into a, a buddy's house with another friend, stole a bunch of shit. Were you an eight? Him and his dad wasn't even mad. Yeah, we was to run with a bunch of hooligans. <laughs> oh my day. god, dude. But Holy fuck. Hitting licks and breaking hey, watch tra- eight. Watch Trailer Park watch Trailer <laughs> Park Boys and that was like the first like that was about five years of my childhood. <laughs> wow, so yeah, I fucking love that show. <laughs> Let's hear a little a little breakdown of uh, just kind of like how you grew up and what what uh, your uh, life was like like up until maybe like a couple years out of high school. Just like what was your progression? Mm. I guess. Let's hear a little bit of your life story. Um, is this the guy with the walnut trees? A lot. No. Huh? No. <laughs> Go ahead. Let's hear your story. No. Oh no. I want to steal his idea though. <laughs> how did you progress um, from the trailer to the well, kingpin? So so how how'd you grow up? Um, it wasn't quite Trailer Park Boys bad, but, um, I, uh, it was Timberbrook, or, no, not Timberbrook, that was where me and Nate, me and Nate met, actually. Um. Different Trailer Park. Oak Ridge Estates in Elkhart. Um, yeah. <laughs> that one was more Trailer Park Boys-esque, <laughs> for sure. Um, uh, but, uh, no, I grew up, uh, running with some... Uh, just running the neighborhood is kind of grew up in a neighborhood where everybody's parents watched everybody and you know this that and the other but uh, you know we we're smart little mischievous kids and worked around all that stuff you know so did you grow up with um, mom and dad or, or were your parents divorced or what does your family uh, you uh, look like my parents were never my parents were never married um, okay. I've got 
three I've got three sisters, one brother. Um, my brother's mixed. Uh, I have one full sibling between my mother and my dad. Okay. Um, but they were never married. They just lived together for a long time. Um, I'm pretty sure I was. I'm pretty damn sure I was an accident. You know. <laughs> but. Uh, um, I only have one uncle. But I got four kids. It's okay. Me too. Right. I was right, an accident. Right, right. I was too. The best ones are always was. an accident. So. One hundred percent. Um. There's nothing planned ever. I don't know. Just kind of. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Too much expectation in it. Living in a trailer park is fun and also kind of depressing. I lived in a trailer park for like a year, and it's just like, that's. I mean, that's where like the abject poverty is in like, uh, like uh, suburban America. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Well, and you you just meet right. so many like characters in the trailer park, and it's funny for to me to see like how many people in the trailer park or like living in this rundown ass trailer and like their whole house looks like shit and then they've got like a nice brand new 2020 freaking Camaro sitting in the driveway <laughs> like, no that sense. was my fucking trailer dude my trailer was disgusting and, I, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the landlord of the trailer park didn't understand that we lived in a fucking trailer park and she was like so hot you gotta cut your grass and you gotta make sure you paint your trailer you gotta, you gotta approve the color that you paint your trailer Cause we're, we're trying to put an image out there okay these trailers are fucking disgusting dude <laughs> like fucking like been there for 50 years you know run down pest infested rodent infested fucking awful she gave me so many tickets for driving over 15 I never paid anyone <laughs> like you got a speedometer in there bitch you're just getting phone calls saying that I'm driving too fast he looks like he's driving over 15 here's a $50 ticket and I just wouldn't pay it Right. Until, until I sold the trailer, this bitch Robin. Until I sold the trailer to Ray, and Ray had to get approved to move in by her. They say this trailer. It, until, it, you would. This place was a shithole, bro. Out back the mire. You know what I mean? Trying to act like it's the estates, like I, like some guarded gated community with a homeowners association. Yeah, yeah. So Ray's sitting in the in the trailer with this woman, trying to get her to sign basically like the the lot lease to him, and she wouldn't sign the lot lease over to him until my tickets were paid. And That's so wow. shitty. I, and then she's like, "Well, I'm not gonna let him sign this paper until the tickets are paid." Whoa. I was like, "Whatever." And out speaking, I was like, "Whatever, Robin, you're a fucking cunt." Oh my god. And then he's like, "Ray, just pay it." <laughs> and then Ray paid him. Wow. So you made Ray pay it? Yeah. And then she was like, uh, "She was like, oh Did you just call me a cunt." And Ray just sitting there on the fucking couch, just just stuck in his arm. The best man at my wedding. Talking to this woman, trying to get her to let him live there. <laughs> Did she just call me a cunt? Dude, she was the fucking worst, man. I call her, I, I, I don't mince words, you know. I'm t- I'll tell you exactly how I feel. I'll talk shit about somebody behind their back, but then I'll say those same things to their face, you know what I mean? I'll never say anything behind somebody's back that I wouldn't say to their face. Yeah. Uh, Josh, did you call me a fucking cunt? Yeah, you fucking cunt. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, only in America is oh cunt a bad word. If you go to Canada and yeah. uh, like Europe or Australia, like oh you fucking cunt. Australia especially. Yeah, yeah they, they call everybody yeah, they, cunts. Yeah, they say. It's that like calling someone an asshole here. Yeah. Like you yeah. know. 
Cunt sounds way cooler than asshole, too. You know, it's less syllables. Yeah. It really does. It rolls off the tongue, you know? Like, we need to take that word back, you know? Like, it's, <laughs> I it's, have already. I, we need to get other people on the train, you know? And then once we get cunt back, we could maybe try to get retard back, but... <laughs> Well, I forgot the dude's name was. There's a dude on uh, TikTok that, like, his his whole tagline was, like, get fucked, cunt. And, like, he just always tells stories about people being super shitty and, like, him being super shitty back to him. Then he'd be like, yeah, get fucked, cunt. And you'd always see, like, so many people that were so upset. How could you say that to somebody in the comments? And he's like, well, if you don't like it, you can get fucked, cunt. <laughs> right, it, he was like, why are you on my page if you don't like that I say that? It's literally in every single fucking video. He's like, there's a million other content creators. Go find somebody else if you don't yeah. like what I'm saying. Like, Sure. <laughs> I'm not asking you to listen to me. Right. <laughs> I'm not asking you to be supportive of what I'm saying. I'm just asking, you know, like, I'm just saying what I'm saying. <laughs> right. He's like, I'm, I'm putting it out there. He's like, if I have 30,000 followers or 30, I don't really care. <laughs> like, fair enough. Well, this is uh, this yeah. has been a good one, guys. This has been uh, this has been the funniest fucking podcast we've had so far. Yeah, I'm, it was I'm very fucking, I was I haven't laughed that hard in a long time, and I'm uh, I'm pretty happy to, <laughs> to to share this with others. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, jo Josh, you were really on one today, man. You really you really crushed it, dude. I've been You're I'm really trying funny. to work aside. One thing, so before, you know, before we go, something I wanted to talk about too is sure. like, it's like I'm I'm trying to get back to where I was like. Last year, you know, I got some things I'm trying to work on, you know, for this year and some goals. Uh -huh. and, uh, you know, I want to be, like, more, like, comfortable around people and uh, I want to, like, have a, I want to grow in my understanding of myself. And I'm working on trying to, uh, like, expand the time that I have in a day, uh, too. It's like, I'm, I'm, my goal for this year is to be, at the end of the year, to be able to function well on five hours of sleep. So, like, wake up early, like, every day. You know, okay. Because I just like I, I don't have enough time in the day, so I need I need to be up in the mornings to do that. So that's something that I was working on, you know. And I feel like I've like mentally like progressed to this place like for the moment, you know, where I'm like really positive about and my outlook of like achieving these things. Like whereas you know maybe in the last like you know the the winter blues, you know, like I just was having a real hard time getting sure. motivated. It's tough, to, man. to do stuff and make positive changes in my life and um, or like it's like I was thinking about those positive changes but I was like oh it's like I'll get to it next week oh yeah well I mean like and I feel I, I never really like noticed it as a kid but it, it's crazy how much the seasons affect my mood because like like you said like you get that kind of like winter blues especially living up here where we live you know like it's it gets just so cold and it's always so overcast. Like you just don't get the same amount of sunshine. Like even in the winter, like if it's a nice sunny day, man, like I'm so happy and full of energy and ready to go do things. But when it's like overcast for like a week straight, man, like I swear, I just oh, feel fuck. like crap and I don't want to do anything. And it's like, fuck man. Like I, I don't want to go outside cause it's miserable. And <laughs> I was literally just thinking that on the way over here cause the sun started to come up and it was foggy as crap on my way over here. It was, I had like 10 yards visibility, 20 yards visibility in some spots. And it is looking nice outside. All day yesterday, all day yesterday, me and Nate, I just started working with Nate yesterday. And all day yesterday, I've, I've been working factories and stuff here lately. And I just kept thinking I'm just not in the mood to talk to people, not in the mood to be a salesman today. And uh, I've been practicing on getting myself out of that mindset, not just being in a good mood when the weather is nice and when the sun is out.
and that can be that can be hard sometimes. It's something you, you have to work to... on. You know what I mean? Like you have to make a con. Like happy. I'm a firm believer that happiness is a conscious decision that you have to make. Like you have to choose to be happy because at any given time in your life, you know, uh, you have. There are, there's always something going on, right? There's something, like, there's some good things, there's some things in your life that are, like, easy to be grateful for, that are going well in your life, and then there's other things, you know what I mean, that are happening that aren't so great, you know? Like, it's, you, there's always, like, it's, there's a, a yin and a yang, you know what I mean? There's the good and the bad of life, right? And yep. sometimes it gets real easy to get caught up in the bad of life and then lose sight of all the things that you have to be grateful all for, right. you know? And I think that, I think that, like, it's less the, it's, it's less that happiness is a choice and more that we are naturally programmed to be in what's called a survival mindset. So, you know, like, like anxiety is just the grown up word for fear and it stems from three words and it's, it's loss, less or never, you know? So we, we get so caught up in looking for things that are going to cause us to experience a loss of something, uh, to have less of something or to never have something that, you know, we don't, we don't take the time to realize that there's so much around us to be grateful for. And I think that like, I, I stopped journaling for a while and it's something that I've picked up again here recently. And like, that's what I always start my journal every morning is just something that I'm grateful for because it, it's really easy, especially when we're around these things for extended periods of time to take them for granted and not realize that we do have so much around us to be grateful for. Well, you know, the crazy thing is, like, it, it makes me think, when, you, when you're talking about this, it's like, uh, I guess if I could make an analogy, it's like your uh, perspectives are, so you have to be good, get effective at wearing different hats, and those hats are perspective, you know what I mean? Right. Like, in your particular viewpoint, your perspective on any given thing is the hat that you're wearing at the time, and, you know, where there's, you know, it, it's important to look, you know, stop and smell the roses, you know, that I would say that would be one perspective, right, to look you know at life and look at the positive things in your life and be grateful you know but you need to it's important to recognize that the greatest precipitator of change is pain and discomfort you know what i mean right so but even important to also look at the things in your life that aren't so great you know and put that hat on and it's, it's hard to wear oh, those hats well, of simultaneously course. Well, I think it's just it's just separating them because you know there's a, there's a time to look at the problems that might occur or are occurring in your life, and it's, there's there's a time to make a plan. But at a certain point, you know, like happiness is is the natural state of mind, but we tend to worry so much because we have so many things to balance that it usually like it, it takes us out of that natural state of mind because you're not <clears throat> you're not naturally upset like a kid when it, if the kid is fed and they're not super tired. They're naturally happy until something upsets see, them. See, see, and, you know, was... we just have a lot more to worry about as we get older. And we, we forget that we are naturally happy beings. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, I get what you're saying. And I think Wait, that, real like... quick, not to interrupt, but uh, I'll let you guys sure. continue. But I got to head out. I gotta, I'm going to go run 8.2 miles. Uh, I got to get a start on this and stuff. But it's very it was specific. an awesome pot. It, it is very specific, but it's true. It, I have it okay. all. Fig- it's all for a reason. I, I don't have time to explain Okay. <laughs> Don't question my goddamn judgment on the exact distance that I'm going to be running. Fuck love you. you. <laughs> I love you guys too. Steven, it was a pleasure meeting you, man. Thanks for being on uh, the Natural Definitely. Soul Podcast. We appreciate you. So, uh, love you, Brandon. Talk to you later. Um, love so, you, bud. So, it's, you too, the man. thing that's challenging for me is uh, like, uh, it's challenging is like, it's like you're it always, it's easy to hold on to the hat that's looking for the wrong in your life, right? Because that's always there. You're always. You're you're always prepared. That's the fight or flight response. You know what I mean? Right. For to look for something that's not agreeable. You know what I mean? 
to how you want to live in the world. You know what I mean? Things that happen that you right. don't want to happen, right? Hardship, <clears throat> right? So it's easy to hold on to that hat. The hard hat to hold on to is the happy hat. You know what I mean? The rose-colored glasses. Those are easily <clears throat> Well, and it's, it's, it's because we wear that we wear that other hat so often. And it, because, you know, as adults, we start getting finances and we start getting other humans that we're responsible for and animals maybe or bills. And, you know, it's just it, it all adds up and there starts to be a lot more things to worry about because, you know, you start worrying about your social interactions and relationships with people. And like, you know, so you, you get so caught up in that what you're calling a hat and what I'm calling a survival mindset because we're naturally programmed to look for things that could go wrong or are going wrong because we're, we're we more naturally look for things to fix than we do take the time to appreciate the things around us. Well, that's the hard and, thing you know. for me, too, is like... Uh... Um, I think well, it's, it's it's hard for me uh, to like um, what's the word here? Um, uh, just to get uh, like over like to to go back to that positive mindset, you know what I mean? And like and then like okay, now here's where I was going with this. So what's hard for me is like it's like I know that the 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 way to progress right to like is to like my pain threshold needs to be lower. You know what I mean? Like in an ideal scenario, my pain threshold for like what like the, when I'm talking about pain, I'm talking about the threshold for me to feel the need to make a change, right? The, right. That 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 would be that threshold. I need to lower that, right? It, but that can right. Be well, because you don't you don't want to be you, you want to stop yourself from being comfortable. Yes, basically. exactly. Because exactly. once you get comfortable, you stop moving forward. But that also means that like smaller and smaller things are gonna. To, you know, tip that threshold. Well, you know, it's, it's also it's like I don't know. It'd be a heightened state of anxiety. So it's like kind of well, like there's like a given. And I don't. I don't necessarily think that like it, it should push you to have a heightened state of anxiety because it's it's all how you look at it. Like you know, there's there's always going to be like I think it's more about setting specific time to be reflective and look at things and kind of make a base plan. And like you're always going to have to make some decisions on the fly. So it is, it's important to be flexible. But I think that like. It, it like what helped me a lot and I need to get back into like actively practicing it more because it's definitely something I could still work on but it's just being like mindful like I really like the saying is um, keep your head where your feet are because you know like when you're when you're sitting there and you do have some time it's good to look be introspective and look at what you could change or what you could improve or what you know and you're not completely comfortable thing. with and, and you need to take thing. stock of it and, and then after that you know, it's that keep your feet where keep your mind where your feet are because then if you stay in the present moment and try to experience what you're going through as much as you can at that moment, you're you're more likely to enjoy it and to get something out of it. And there's the rub. There's the rub because that's the hardest thing to do is keeping your head where your feet are at. Because but it takes practice. Head, and there's ways to there's it, ways to hone that. Because if your head is where your feet are at, it's easy to change that. Because that's that's where all the hats are. That's where you have the choice. You know what I mean? To put on different perspectives, to have, you know, to choose the way you look at something. You know what I mean? Is when, when you're like, when you're looking at something that's happening to you, good or bad, you know what I mean? Without an emotional attachment to the situation, it makes it easier to make a, a, uh, uh, a prudent decision. Well, you and know, it's not necessarily I, that I definitely agree with that. And it, it's not necessarily that you don't have an emotional attachment. It's just no, that you're not, if you there. can keep your, but it's, it's no outside emotional influence. That way you can experience what you're going through as much as possible. Well, and you're more likely to handle it in a better sense being able to do that. So too. I guess what I'm saying is that it would be easier to, it's, it's easier to make prudent decisions when you don't involve emotion. 
You know what I mean? And it's like when it comes to and, and I, when it comes to you know making tough decisions, right? I think it would be preferable to look at like like the brass tacks of things. You know what I mean? As opposed to a letting emotion cloud your judgment. Like if something bad happens to you, you know what I mean? It's easy for that emotion to cloud your decisions, right? Whereas like if you you know separate yourself from that emotion that you're feeling, and that and that doesn't mean shut it out and don't feel it. That means don't let it you don't let it be a factor in your decision making. And then it's easier right. to do that when you keep your head where your your feet are at. You know, if you're right. the, when, when it's when a, emotion I think it's clouds like... your judgment, and, and you know is, is is a factor in your decision making. That's when your you know your head's in the future or your right. head's in the past. You know, that's when, when I think like lives. And that's why I think like journaling helps so much, especially like for me at least, because it, it really like journaling for me every morning is a, is a good way to be reflective and kind of make a not only make a plan for myself, but I kind of look at like you know how did I feel? What happened over the last day? Is it something I need to address? And I'll write about it. And after that, I feel like I just don't. It's it's resolved in my head to a certain extent, so I don't have to spend as much mental energy. And I really like uh, so like. Just, I, I like reading a lot about like psychology and things like that and um, you know I one of the things that I forget who the author was but they were talking about um, mental energy and they said you know like if you if you think of like uh, your brain is having a certain amount of power brain power per se they said like the, the more the more things you like when you take something in and you don't resolve that, it runs in the background like an app in your comp on your phone, you know, ah. and it's slowly sapping the amount of RAM that you have to process all these other things. So when you have 20 things that you've avoided confronting because you kind of stew on it, but you don't ever actually fully address it, you feel so tired because you've got 20 things running in the background because your your brain won't let it go until you, you resolve up, it. And then you blow up. Right. And that's why I might come off as an asshole sometimes. You know, and like my first interactions, because if something upsets me, I express the emotion that I feel, you know, like I say, God damn it, motherfucker. You know what I mean? Or like, or I didn't fucking say that. This is what I fucking said. You know what I mean? Or like, say it how I say, you know, like and I express that emotion and then people are kind of taken aback by it because I'm so forward with how I feel about a situation. But it's like by doing that, you know, I open the doormat for my feelings to express themselves. And then it's no longer, it's like, it's like, it's like closing the app. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, and it's because, like, you know, we're, we're made to resolve things, and it's just like in relationships, you know, like, I think, like, people, in a lot of cases, when they're fighting and bickering, they don't take the time to truly communicate with each other and get to the heart of, like, okay, what's the problem, and let's resolve this. It's like, you know, they kind of go back and forth, and then they just end it because they're not sure how to get through to the other person, and now they both have this thing running in the background that's now taking up a little bit of their mental energy and who knows how many other things are running in the background at that time so you start getting worn down by these things because you're not resolving them and it's, it's the same thing with like when you're multitasking if you're not completing tasks you start to feel frazzled because you've got five things all running in the background and your brain's like oh shit I don't right and I don't I don't have enough processing power right now because I'm stretched so thin <laughs> exactly, because you got this unresolved emotion, right? You got all, and all these unresolved emotions from different scenarios. You know, it's like picking up pebbles. You know, like little things happen right. every now and then that bug you. You know what I mean? Like interactions that didn't go how you wanted. You know, somebody did this to you. You know, you did that to somebody. This, that, and the other. You don't address the emotions that you're feeling with those situations, and you've got all these different emotions: happy, sad, good, bad. You know, anger. You know, uh, like running in the background, and then you're like you just become this like hyper emotional 
emotional person, you know. And, and right, because you got all this stuff that's like piling up. So when something finally like irritates you or upsets you, it all boils over, and now you're super upset or super, you know, it just because like you've been bottling up all this other stuff. So like all that energy just busts out at some point. You know, that's, and the that's the challenge of the of the human uh, uh, consciousness, you know. Really, is is probably the most challenging part. Um, of, of living a of, of living a mindful existence, right? Right. Is like you have to. It's this dance that you have to. It's like playing with fire, you know. When it comes to like emotion, right. it's like you have to pu- you have to open the door for it. You need to feel because that's what it is to be human. That is what it is right. to be a conscious when being I, is to have feelings about things, you know. Right. When, well, when you I think like so sucked into those feelings that it takes a, that that they that you become governed by it. Right. What I, I and that's why I really like a lot of things that like um, more like Eastern religious practices because a lot of it, it addresses mental health and spirituality, like and, and and just like your your connection with your body a lot more. And I think that like that's resonated with me a lot. So it's like it's you know growing up in modern America, you know, like a lot of a lot of eastern medicine eastern practices are really weird yoga's looked at as kind of this weird thing and it's catching on now but like breathing practices and mindfulness is all like we we consider it this hippie hoopla you know that doesn't really fucking do anything and it's just these these crazy people that are trying to connect you know and it's like as the more i get older the more i see that like how much that is actually a lot of this is connected with psychology and a lot of it has made sense because like for me like i I grew up with a really weird perspective on religion because I didn't have the greatest experience with Western religion growing up. And I am a very like logic, science, show me the facts kind of person. And like, I was very tentative to start doing yoga with my partner and start doing mindfulness exercises. But the more I read about the stuff after reading about psychology and trying to understand things on that level, the more I realized that those were so interconnected and it's, it's just been really interesting to me, like how much more I feel connected with myself and my loved ones now that I've been trying to practice those things for a while now, and I feel like it really has made a made a really big difference for because me. Because you're not stuck in your head, you know what I mean. When you're working on yourself and you're comfortable with right. who you are, it makes it easier to appreciate those around you because you don't like that's what like when you when you're not comfortable with who you are as a human you are you're trying to find this you know we operate on the pleasure principle we seek out things that right. cause pleasure and avert those that cause us pain we're unable to find pleasure within ourselves we seek that pleasure with in others you know and that's how you develop these codependent relationships you know in these right. toxic relationships because you feel dependent on another person's presence in your life for happiness right and that's not right. a good place to be you know because then you know you're always worried about what's going on with the other person and you're, you're really dependent on that relationship going going well in order to be happy right and right it's like it's okay like if i find that place where i'm happy with myself you know uh then it's easy then it's like i don't need anybody else to be happy i'm not dependent right. on another person's presence in my life or a relationship going well to be a happy person so now i can really appreciate that because i choose to have those relationships in my life i'm not right. you know it's a conscious choice when you can't that I make. Whereas it, and you can't as opposed to a survival need you can't really like fully love someone and like give yourself to them in that way unless you love yourself like you just can't and it's like, and you don't, you know, like everybody has things about themselves that they would change, but until you come to it, love yourself and accept yourself for who you are, you don't really have the emotional capacity 
to truly love someone in a healthy way. Because you, you haven't learned to love yourself yet. That's and like goal. you said, you know, you're, you're seeking all that attention, you know, and it's like, it, you're not, you're not ever really going to be content until you can be content with who you are as a person, whether or not there's things that you could change about yourself. And like, like, I think that's the beautiful thing about us as humans is that we have the ability to change consciously. Whereas like, you know, like, a, like an animal functions completely on instinct. And you I think that's truly what, as opposed to a decision right. We, we can actively make the decision to be a different person and not a completely different person, but we have the ability to actively make a choice to change. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about us as people is just that we have that choice to change. We're not the same person for our entire lives. There's things about us that are going to stay the same, but if we want to change and you really put in the effort, you can. This is beautiful, man. Uh, so I, I can hear Ollie going crazy upstairs. <laughs> yeah, it is about that time. It is about that time. Hey, it was it was awesome meeting you, Stephen. Uh, natural soul, natural soul. Thirty percent off when you purchase our CBD products with Bitcoin. Any cryptocurrency accepted. Hey. Uh, <laughs> uh, go forth and make a positive change. I love you guys. And love you too, bud.